He had almost nothing left. Only the sapphire and a couple of diamonds, maybe three. He didn't know how many. He hadn't opened the bag in a while. If Louis was still talking to him, maybe he could sell him one. The troll wasn't answering his phone, probably monitoring his calls, still pissed off. Couldn't make it over to the Danforth anyway. No cash. What a ridiculous situation. He had three stones worth of fortune, maybe five stones. It was time he looked. A nice diamond, not too big, easy to move. One carat, maybe. Louis would give him five for it, surely. No, he wouldn't. Louis would know he was desperate. He would take advantage. He was a thief, after all. What do you expect? But three hundred at least. Something. He needed to eat. He needed to pay for this shitty motel room. He needed to get away. Get away. What a great plan. Look where he was, back where he started. A cab ride from the very place he had jumped the fence, except that he couldn't afford a cab ride, a fortune in stones, and he was broker than the panhandler on the corner. It was time he checked the package to see what was left. Please, Jesus, there was one small diamond that he could sell in a hurry, without attracting too much attention. He opened the closet and took down the shelf above the clothes rack, dragged over a chair and stood on it, reached up and pushed the cheap cardboard ceiling tile out of the way, felt around in the dust and mouse droppings until he found the cloth bag, climbed off the chair, and spilled the contents onto the stained chenille bedspread. Good. Two diamonds. Two of them. One of them was small enough. One and a half carats, probably. Maybe a bit less. Such a waste, selling it for a fraction of what it was worth. But a man has to survive. The sapphire was too big to just give away. He needed to get somewhere. Montreal. If he was careful, he could survive in Montreal. There was someone there who could afford it. Been waiting all night for you to come home, said the visitor who came out of the bathroom. Oh, Christ, he said. You scared the shit. Is that all of them? That's all that's left. You're sure? I swear. Put them back in the bag. Just leave me one, please, the small diamond. I need some cash so I can pay for the shitty room. I need some cash so I can eat something. No, you don't said his guest, and shot him in the head. It is always the ruby that takes center stage in an ornament. The rest, pearls, sapphires, even diamonds, dance attendance upon a great ruby like a corps de ballet. It is safe to say that Nyori County doesn't harbor many rubies, and that whatever red stones are held in the jewelry cases and safety deposit boxes of Doherty's upper crust, they are neither large nor legendary, nor in some cases, genuine. Certain of the dowagers residing on the knoll are known to have good pieces. Mrs. Avery Douglas is the current custodian of a five-strand natural pearl necklace, a Douglas family heirloom worthy of at least five burglary attempts over the years, including the recent unprosecuted break-in by their crack-smoking second cousin. Doris Whiffen has a tiara once worn to a reception at Windsor Castle, but not by her. And Edward Urquhart, has thirty-odd carats and loose diamonds, along with his Krugerrands, in a safety deposit box at the Bank of Commerce. None of these are paltry, and some are truly precious. But if all the gems held in all the private safes in Doherty were heaped upon a table, they would not begin to approach the value of a certain chunk of pigeon's blood corundum. Not in dollars, not in legend, not in human life. In an early year of the nineteenth century, a man whose name is now lost in the dust of history, 
picked up a loose stone bigger than his fist from a scattering of detritus near a limestone cliff north of Mandalay. Even in the rough, it glowed like a hot coal. It is estimated that it waved at that time over 400 carats. A master cutter produced three notable gems from it, an elegant 23-carat cushion cut that is still part of the Iranian national treasure, a round stone of 18 carats once stolen by a clive of India, and a masterpiece of 97 carats, one of the largest rubies ever known. Not a garnet, not a spinel like the Black Prince's legendary stone, but a true ruby, a gem of perfect color. But size was not its most significant characteristic. In its heart, there was a star. Star rubies are among the rarest gems on the planet, and most are small. The sacred ember, as it came to be known, was peerless, unique, priceless.